Let's talk about um, the situation uh, on the Alex Fraser Bridge the other day. Uh, yesterday we spoke to um, a spokesperson for the Delta Police Department after the uh, force released some information on the incident where a man in distress uh, was uh, on, um, was well, police had to negotiate with the individual for about eight hours. And during that eight-hour period, um, the Delta Police Department uh, obviously said that the, the priority was to preserve life um, but saw drivers rubbernecking to get a view of the man in distress, honking horns, yelling at the, the individual in crisis, and even encouraging them to take action. Some impacted drivers walked up to the bridge deck, made contact with officers, interfered with the negotiations, and even videotaped or photographed the individual in crisis. Um, a lot of that was uploaded to social media as well. Just before 6 p.m., uh, frustrated motorists went around several highway vehicles uh, that were, they were managing the road closure. They struck a highway vehicle and a concrete barrier. So while officers were there dealing with this other issue, they then were forced to disengage from the crisis to deal with that particular incident because a frustrated motorist was tired of waiting. At 7 o'clock, there was an impaired driver uh, who also um, and drove around barricades. Uh, he was um, uh, caught and uh, he was issued a 90-day driving suspension uh, and his vehicle was impounded for 30 days. A very frustrating moment. Just after 8 o'clock, uh, they finally managed to um, convince the man that was in distress uh, to uh, uh, to climb back over the rail to safety and surrender to police. The individual was then provided with other medical attention he needed. It's a frustrating, um, it's frustrating just to even read that because certainly some of the behavior from um, our fellow citizens was just appalling. A tremendous amount of stress also on the Delta Police Department to make sure um, they were uh, making sure they had control of the situation. I wanted to speak to our next guest because uh, uh, he has been in and around um, dealing with traffic challenges. Grant uh, got, uh, got Gatru is a former traffic officer in New Westminster and West Vancouver. Uh, he's now a forensic criminal and traffic consultant uh, at uh, ForensicTrafficPro.com. Grant, thank you for joining us today. Jazz, thanks for having me. Walk me through this. What, uh, in a situation like this, and I'm going to assume you've had to deal with some of these, what is the priority of the police? How do they go about sort of just getting control of the situation? You're right. I I dealt with this many times, uh, both uh, on the Petula Bridge when I was in the West and Lionsgate Bridge when I was in West Vancouver. And uh, generally, the call would go out we would respond and immediately uh, engage with the uh, with the subject in distress uh, and make a determination pretty fast whether or not we needed to close down the bridge or not. Um, yesterday's, or sorry, the other days on the Alex Fraser uh, Bridge sounds like a complete uh, a debacle, unfortunately, with all of the uh, distractions uh, facing the officers while they were dealing with uh, this particular person in distress. In your mind, and I don't want to play Monday morning quarterback, but do you think overall the, the Delta Police Department handled it uh, by the book, or do you think there 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 is room for improvement? Well, there's no uh, well, there's no such thing as by the book, as you know. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we discussed years ago in West Vancouver was uh, uh, portable screens um, to uh, block off the. Uh, the incident so that traffic could still flow and people couldn't see what was going on uh, because it's, it's a dynamic situation and you have to both um, deal with the person in distress, but also consider the traffic 
issues that are being created. Um, and unfortunately, what was described with people shouting and yelling and encouraging uh, the person to do something silly is not entirely unusual. We had an incident like that in the 1990s in New West, where, again, the Pat Bridge was shut down for many hours, and passerbys were yelling the same thing. So it's nothing new uh, where people get frustrated. And, uh, of course, what we deal with now that we didn't deal with back then was social media. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure. Regarding Delta's incident, I didn't listen to their presser with you, um, but the negotiator that they had, was that a police officer or was it someone from um, the mental health uh, um, that I do not know. That I do not know. Um, but certainly it took eight, eight hours. And uh, in those cases, do you, um, is there, how much thought is given to saying, look, let's keep one lane open and make sure the the traffic is moving. It's not moving very quickly, but it is moving. Um, or do you think that what they did last yesterday was just get folks off the off the bridge deck and, and just shut the bridge down? And this is the right thing to do. Like how how do you go about that decision making? That's a decision made by the supervisor. And in this particular case, there had to be some sort of way to deal with all the traffic that was backed up stuck. Um, it's unreasonable to expect, you know, people to sit stuck for three or four or five hours. You have to deal with them. They have to be turned around. They have to be rerouted. Something has to be done because blood is going to boil at the end of the day. Um, most uh, police negotiators, this, uh, they're, it's not their full-time gig. They go on a course, they take a negotiating course, and then they get called to calls like this but it's not their full-time gig so they don't have gobs of experience of dealing with it whereas mental health crisis uh, people that's their full-time job so in situations like this those are the people that should be called to negotiate with those people um, and and in a situation like that it might be resolved a lot faster I don't know who was negotiating for Delta police um, and this might be something they might consider if it was just a regular member who's a trained negotiator. It's not their full-time gig. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, now, get those, let's get those mental health professionals out there to um, alleviate this a lot faster if possible. And, and is there any advantage to charging people with obstruction that do not listen, that are causing this difficulty. I mean, there are are laws there to, if if you're in the way of of officers doing their work, uh, you're in the way and you could be charged, I'm going to guess. I mean, is there any advantage to that, do you think, in regards to just deterring people from not being, quite frankly, stupid? In this case, taking visuals, putting them up, triggering someone, potentially doing something. Um, Do you think that that would be enough to at least convince people, like, don't do stupid things like that and probably a logistical nightmare i think if you call these people out and identify them yourselves on social media and say uh joe fred on his twitter account posted this and he's an idiot he's not helping matters no what, what i know. mean by that is charging them and to really send a message to them and the general public you, there's there's just be some common sense and responsibility as a citizen a stay in your right. vehicle and b don't right. put that kind of stuff up if you are also making it difficult at, at its core for officers to do their job there is obstruction there is there not well, well, if they can demonstrate some sort of obstructive behavior, then that's a criminal code offense. There are 
There are uh, sanctions under the Motor Vehicle Act as well for disobey traffic control device if there's a vehicle blocking or fail to obey police direction. So there are some um, there are some um, avenues out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how successful it'll be. And as for setting up the bridge and, uh, and the bridges in, in ways that will prevent people from doing this, this is my experience. This is my experience uh, on almost thirty years. Um, most people that are going to commit suicide and jump off a bridge, they just do it. They don't stand around. They don't wait for people to engage with them. They just they'll park their car, they'll get out, they'll walk, and they'll jump right away. Normally, the people that are up there for hours, it's a cry for help. It's a cry for help. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it would cost millions of dollars for the government to make every bridge jump-proof, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't happen as often where you're shutting down uh, a major artery like this for hours on end. Mm-hmm. You'd have to do a, an audit, an FOI, to find out how many of those happen. Um, but they're not too often, so I don't know if the government would be justified in spending that amount of money. Yeah. Well, it, uh, I think that's a that's a legitimate question to ask, and certainly when I when I have the minister on next, I will perhaps touch with him on that issue. Grant, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Jeff.